Welcome back to the Mami Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today we have Travis, the entrepreneur and investor. Thank you, Travis, for getting into the show, man. Hey, Rohit. Nice to see you. As always, good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Would you just like to give a quick intro of yourself first, like how you got started? So my name is Travis Rossback. I was born in Salem, Oregon, and uh, I inherited a fairly large bookshelf at the age of 12. And uh, the bookshelf was predominantly business books, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, a lot of self-help and uh, motivational speaking books as well. And something about the bookshelf and, and all those books, it just really stuck with me. I just really was enthralled with entrepreneurship. And even though I still can't spell that, I'm, I'm still very much enthralled mm -hmm. with with everything business related. So I started studying business at the age of 12. I met my dad who was living in the US Virgin Islands, owns multiple scuba diving shops in St. Croix and uh, at 14. And so at 14, I went down to the VI and started running, helping him working at and then running the, the dive shops. Um, 18, I graduated in Salem, went back home to the Virgin Islands became a dive master, a dive instructor, and then eventually got a boat captain's license and then started flying uh, airplanes and, and became an airline pilot flying seaplanes, St. Croix, St. Thomas, and Puerto Rico, Seaborn. Started flying jets up in uh, for, uh, Florida, not Fort Lauderdale, but down in Stewart, Florida. And, um, and, but then I just really missed business. I was, I was, you know, having fun flying airplanes and going scuba diving and, and going on these big yachts, <laughs> but I really wanted to do business. Uh -huh. So I quit the aviation industry, moved back home to Oregon and started a fence company with my girlfriend at that time. And we did really well. We, we actually, we actually did really well our, our, our first year. And, and then our second year was going great. I decided it was really cold and I didn't like digging holes in lava rock and in icy cold conditions. And so we moved to Oahu where we started Oahu signs and screen printing and uh, quickly grew that to be a really large player in the, in the Hawaiian sign and banner uh, screen printing embroidery industry did really well. And uh, then the crash of 08 happened and kind of pretty much lost just about everything at that time and had to really pivot. And the one consistent factor that I kept finding between living in the Virgin islands and traveling all over the planet, scuba diving and being on boats and in under and around the water was the amount of garbage that I kept seeing washing up on our shores. A lot of it was plastics. Plastic water bottles was a big one. And so one day with the fence, or excuse me, with the sign company, I was thirsty. I just wanted a water bottle. I went into the sporting goods store and they said, we don't have any. There's this stuff called BPA in plastic. We don't know what it is, but it sounds like it's pretty gnarly. We want to get rid of all water bottles. I said, well, who's going to fill up this shelf? And mm -hmm. they said, nobody, there's nobody else to do this. And I thought, well, surely there must be somebody, but it hit me in the back of the head. It came out my mouth. I will, I will do this. And I okay. thought, oh shoot, what does that mean? So I went out and learned what that meant, starting a water bottle company. I took off to Shanghai and started 
knocking on the doors at different factories until finally somebody let me in and said, maybe. <laughs> and uh, I took that maybe and, and we started Hydro Flask, which turns out to be a, a fairly good sized double wall vacuum insulated stainless steel water bottle company. Did that for about five years, grew that real large, had all these big accounts all over the world. And I was quite happy with, with where I was. And then my life kind of just started to change. My brother died. I just married my first wife. And um, the season of Hydro Flask was coming to an end. I had achieved all my goals and I saw the new path and the new direction it needed to go. And I didn't necessarily want to go on the path with it into the next phase of its life. Mm -hmm. So I, I exited at that point and started traveling the planet, doing yoga and, and, um, and Reiki and, and, uh, meditation. I spent weeks and months in, in, in isolation and meditation and, and, and also in yoga. And then I ended up really still missing entrepreneurship. Yeah. And so I started the Tumalo group to start consulting and coaching and helping clients, source products from factories and, you know, just teaching and educating people on how to take a, an idea that's maybe on a napkin or a piece of paper, an envelope somewhere and take that and design it, engineer it, find a factory, produce it, get samples, test mm -hmm. it, and then launch and launch in a big way. And so that's what we do now with the Tumalo group. What do you think, like, like being, like being as a persistence into the business and like why like resilience like resilience to be there and being persistent into the business but what would you like to speak about that thing you know yeah i would say it takes a lot of resilience a lot of grit a lot of determination and passion i think passion plays a really big part in in uh startups especially having a passion for what you're doing knowing that you're helping other people helps a lot also there were a lot of times at Hydro Flask where it seemed like it was damn near impossible to get through the next 24 hours and, and we weren't going to have enough money to pay the employees or we weren't going to have enough money to pay the vendors. We weren't going to have enough money to buy food mm. and, and just sheer persistence and passion for hydrating the, the masses was a lot of times the only thing I really had my partner would run out and leave and all the employees would quit or, you know, disappear. And I'd be by myself with, with, with a insurmountable or what seemed like an insurmountable amount of challenges, but knowing that people were staying hydrated and getting hydrated, a lot of people for their first time were just starting to drink water. And, and that feedback was, was kind of like the breakfast of, 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 uh, myself for quite a few years it kept me going got it you know like and no one can be an entrepreneur until unless someone has a passion or the love for the work the person is doing you know you know what yeah I mean? yeah yeah because if you don't love it and you don't have a passion for it then it, it it can be extremely difficult it's it's very challenging being an entrepreneur i think it's it, it's kind of it's kind of a catch term. It's kind of a new age, like, uh, Oh, entrepreneur. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur until the bills are due and you're going, I don't have any way to pay the bills. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a challenge, but 
at the same time, I can't imagine doing anything else. I've tried to work for other people. I tried to work for a, a charter, uh, uh, jet charter company and I, I couldn't do it. I can't work for other people. Cause what if they fire me? It's, you know, what if it's like, I got fired. It wasn't even my uh, fault. And I, I realized like there's less job security working for other people than there is working for myself. Cause yeah. I may not eat for the next week, but it's my own damn fault. I didn't work hard yeah. enough or smart enough to, you know, make the money to eat this week. And, and if I do work smart enough and hard enough, well, then I can eat really well. And it's no thanks to, you know, somebody else who, who, uh, was, 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 uh, making the money off of my sweat. So, you know, and, and it's not instantaneous. You, you can put in a lot and not get back anything for years and years and years. Yeah. It feels like you're just pushing a stone up a mountain, a big boulder up a hill and, and you, there's no end in sight sometimes, but then as soon as you get to the top and it just kind of starts to tip over and you're going, Oh wait, this might be pretty good. And that boulder starts going down the other side of the hill. You're going, holy cow, this is awesome. And then that's when it gets really yeah. fun. It gets, a, it gets scary at that point. There's all kinds of things you got you to gotta watch out for houses and villages and people and animals on the way down. But my God, is it a lot of fun to ride that boulder? I'm just making this metaphor up as I go. I'm just winging it here. It's a good metaphor though, I think. This boulder going down a hill. What challenges like each and every entrepreneur should face? Like, you know, a lot of people say they want to be an entrepreneur. A lot of people go to school to become an entrepreneur nowadays. Yeah. And yet it's, it's a challenge. And the psychological toll that comes from doing this is, um, is a big part that I don't hear a lot about. It's not sexy to talk about mental instability uh -huh. <laughs> and, and, and being able to be alone in the world. And, and so isolated that you're in your own little capsule. Nobody's trying to help you. Nobody's trying to help you pay the payroll or, or, or you know, get the bills paid. Nobody's helping you yeah. with manufacturing or whatever it is. It can be lonely. It can be isolating and it can be a bit maddening. And so it's, um, again, it's like, that's something that I just don't hear a lot of people talk about, but it's very real. And, and the, the, the psychological toll that it takes on people can be staggering. I mean, there's, there, there's really no such thing as nights and weekends anymore. When you become an entrepreneur, if you're, if you're fully engaged in your passion and, and you love what you're doing, you don't need a weekend. You don't want a Christmas uh, party, you know, that lasts longer than a couple few hours. You don't want to go out with your friends drinking on the weekends. That's no longer entertaining. That's yeah. no longer fun. That's no longer rewarding or, or, or challenging. And, and then you also get into the birds of a feather flock together. So you start to think, well, shoot, if I go out with these guys drinking, is that, is that really the type of people I want to be around? Or would I rather be by myself working on my own dreams and my own future and my own passions? And, and do I want to elevate myself by myself so that later I can be around even more of the right people? And, and, and I chose to, to isolate and alienate myself for a number of years while, you know, and of course there were people around, but nobody's going to get it. Like, like you get yeah. it, you know, if this is your baby, if this is your passion, if this is your project, if this is your challenge, well, then it just comes to you. And I've always been a big believer in act boldly and unseen forces will come to your aid. 
And, and I believe that very much. I've seen it hundreds of times in my own life and other people's lives. And, um, and it just makes birthday parties and, and, you know, Easter gatherings. That's just not as entertaining (laughs) as it is creating a new project or creating a new product and, and launching a new marketing campaign. I enjoy that stuff way more now. Yeah. Short-term pain for long-term gain, you know, yeah. and, and I can, I can, I can forfeit this weekend mm-hmm. knowing that in, in a couple few years, I'm going to have enough money to, you know, to take care of myself and take care of my family. And then I can maybe skate in, you know, five, 10 years, I can skate a little easier while those other guys are out still working for the next 20, 30 years. And no, I'm good. Yeah, I'll go travel. I'll go take off and go do that while they're still hustling until 60, 70, 80 years exactly. old. Nowadays. What it takes to move on. Like, like what, like knowing, you know, like when it's the time to move on. Uh, that's a good question. Cause I, I think that going into an endeavor, like a business, you it's, it's good to have an exit sort of already not necessarily planned out, but like knowing different options for the future is always beneficial. Knowing that it might just all go, uh, I don't know a better term than tits up. Um, I'm not a big fan of the term, but that's, you know, it may all go wrong mm-hmm. and, and, and it may all fall down. And, and that's one option. Um, it may go extremely well and somebody wants to purchase. That's another option. Mm-hmm. Um, it may go fairly well and you want to leave it for your grandkids. That's another option, but sort of knowing those different, uh, avenues or channels exist, I would say is fairly important. Otherwise you're just going to be kind of a, uh, a victim of fate, a victim of whichever direction the wind blows. And if the wind blows in the wrong direction and you end up going the wrong direction and you sell too early or you give up too soon or, you, you pass it along and, and you could have kept going. Um, that's a, that's a shame. And so I think that knowing yourself and knowing when is the time to say, okay, I've, I've achieved my goals. I've hit my marks. Yep. I've, I've seen the vision through and now it's time to give it on to somebody else who maybe has a newer or fresher, different vision um, along the same sort of similar, uh, you know, parameters, I think is, is, is what happened to me realistically. Yeah. It took me a good six months before I woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm not the hydro flask guy anymore. <laughs> like I don't have an office to go into. I'm not because for six months, my mind was still just turning and churning and 24 seven. I still every, you know, I'd sleep, but I would sleep with hydro flask going in my mind and I would have these visions of what we could yeah. do and yeah. what we could be and you know the marketing yeah. campaigns and missed opportunities and how we can rectify this and grow that <laughs> and watch out for this. And then six months later it was like Travis, you don't have to do any of that. That's not you anymore. It's like, oh shoot, who am I? You know, and then and then Kundalini came in and it knocked me down. I had a Kundalini awakening, which I mean that's a whole other episode, but yeah, yeah it, it's um, it it could be different. It, it's a shocking revelation when you realize that it's time to sell your child off to the highest bidder, or you know, like you're watching your child go to college, but yeah, that's not the college I chose or would choose. 
You know what? I think that we need more entrepreneurs now than we've ever needed before. I think that we're going to see a time in the coming ages where business owners and entrepreneurs are going to be the ones that really lead us into the bright future. I think yeah. we're going to start seeing the collapse of some industries. And I think that the old models and the broken down archaic methods of doing business are going to come to an end sooner than later. Yep. And the entrepreneurs are going to be the ones that can fill those spots and, and just knock it out of the gates for everybody. And, and so I really encourage people, if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, if you think you have what it takes, even if you don't know if you have what it takes, I say still, still try, because if it's somewhere rattling around in yeah, your yeah, mind, yeah. It's there's probably a reason for that. What it really takes to be as an entrepreneur. It takes determination. It takes grit. It takes, uh, uh, yeah, long sleepless nights and, and it takes passion and it takes curiosity is another big one. A lot of, um, a lot of just questions. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't need to even pretend to be the smartest person in the room. I like to ask a lot of questions and I'll be the first to admit I'm not the smartest, nor do I, nor do I have any aspirations of being the smartest in the room. But as long as you know a little bit about each topic and you're willing to learn and ask a lot of questions, you can learn what you need to learn fairly quickly and easily, especially nowadays with the internet, with YouTube, yeah. uh, with LinkedIn, you're connected to probably anybody you need within three degrees of separation to learn, you know, and ask people who've done it before. Ask people who've done the, the whatever that is that you're looking to do. And oftentimes you give them, you know, a cup of coffee and they'll, they'll tell you what they know. Someone is getting in as an entrepreneur. What are the quick notes or to-do list they should be having into them? A to-do list is to start, you know, even if you, you just start, just buy the domain, yeah. um, buy the idiot's guide to whatever it is you're interested in. Start learning the uh, terminology, learn the, the language, learn the philosophies of people who are doing what you want to do or what you're interested in. Reach out to those people, talk to them, go in and visit them, visit your, you know, your soon to be competitors and learn what they're doing right and learn what they're doing wrong. Gather information, gather information, be be curious and, and gather information and then just, and then just go do it. There's never going to be a time. Nobody's ever going to say, okay, it's eight o'clock Monday morning time for you to start. It's not going to happen. You have to just take initiative and start yourself. You know, if you have an idea for a name, I, I suggest write down five or 10 names you think yep. might be a good name for your company and then uh, have your credit card ready. And if the domain is available, buy it. Cause if you don't buy it, if you just search, somebody else will buy it. The next time you go back to search for it, it'll be yeah. available. It'll just be $2,000. Yeah. So go in with your credit card and buy the domain for $10. And if after one year you don't do it, well, fine. But if yeah. you do it with the next year, you're going to be stoked that you paid the 10 bucks to get the domain. Awesome, Travis. Well, thank you so much for having into the show, man. I think we loved it. And audience will always love it. And it was amazing to talk to you. Yeah, I'm glad this worked. It's so good to see you, right? And um, don't be surprised if I show up in Northern India and I'm just come knock on your door and be like, hey, man, let's just go out and have a drink. Let's go. I'll buy you the Starbucks. Yeah, obviously. We will be sending you the coupons, though. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll use the discount code, but I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great Have day. Yep. Cheers. Cheers.